This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. Hey, Jamie. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to today's conversation with your friend, Ashlyn Patero. Just a few weeks ago, we talked to Pastor Dean and Sarah, and that's who Ashlyn serves with at City Church in Tallahassee, Florida. So tell our listeners how you met Ashlyn. Yeah, my wife Kristen and I were just talking about this today. The first time I met Ashlyn, my family and I were on our way to visit relatives in Alabama. And so we stopped overnight in Tallahassee. And on a Sunday morning, we visited City Church. And they were meeting in a local high school, Leon High School. And the first thing that Kristen and I noticed was that the whole team was super young. And mm. Ashlyn got up on the stage and did the announcements. And she really impressed me, Leslie, because she spoke with authority, but it was very appealing. And afterwards, I got to meet her and talk with her. Uh, we talked with Dean and some other members of their team. And let me tell you, at City Church, they do everything with excellence. Yes, it was a young team, but they were not willing to sit back and wait their turn. They took ownership and they led out. Well, I'm really excited to get to know Ashlyn. Right now, she serves as the executive director at City Church, so we'll learn more what that's all about. So let's go to our interview with Ashlyn. Hey, Ashlyn. Welcome to the program here on Church for the Rest of Us. Glad you were willing to join us. Why don't you tell your listeners just a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, uh, Jimmy and Leslie, for inviting me to um, to talk on here. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I am from Tallahassee, where I currently live and, and serve at City Church. Um, just my story, I really found myself on, on the path to following Jesus when I was a senior in high school. Um, before that, I was basically trying to live my life with God at arm's length. And so um, I, I really began growing from that point and what it means to live in light of the truth of who God is. And so I graduated from Florida State with a degree in English and I uh, stayed in Tallahassee and eventually found myself on staff at City Church. So um, I, I mean, I'm a um, I love reading. I'm a constant learner. And I think that's you know important for leadership, but also just for life. And so I really enjoy that pursuit. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. And tell me a little bit about your role at City Church. You're the executive director. What does that mean? Um, so yeah, I my role as executive director, really a co-executive director, I serve with Alex Scott, who um, is our other uh, ED, and we um, basically oversee the daily operations and directions of the ministries at City Church. So um, I'm a part of our strategic leadership team, and that's made up of some campus direct our campus directors, uh, our discipleship pastor, our executive team, and um, together we all you know evaluate and. Um, set the strategic direction of the church. Um, and then, you know, it, there's always special projects that come up along the way and different ministry opportunities. But a lot of my time is spent uh, just meeting with our ministry directors, making sure that everyone is kind of working together towards common goals and uh, just trying to think forward about what some of the needs of, of our church are going to be. So, 
I did notice, Ashlyn, when I was looking on your website that you do call everyone a director. And I was curious about that. Is that purposeful or is that just because you don't have pastors on staff? Is it a gender thing? What is that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think for some people, it's just purposeful to the nature of their role. We, you know, we do uh, distinguish right now between uh, we are our East Campus pastor, Matt Crawford. Um, you know, he's served as a senior pastor before he's um, ordained and, and, you know, kind of fills uh, still somewhat of a teaching role and carries preaching responsibilities at our East Campus uh, compared to Andy Ratliff, who is our campus director at our Sessions Campus. That's our broadcast campus. Dean, our lead pastor, is based there, and so Andy doesn't, you know, and, and just uh, by nature doesn't have teaching responsibilities at that campus. And so for some roles, you know, we use director to distinguish if, if it's a woman, um, but she's still carrying, you know, primary leadership responsibilities. We might use that. And then for other roles, it, it just, you know, kind of makes sense for the nature of what the role entails. And Ashlyn, how long have you been on the team at City Church? Um, I have been on staff since 2011, so for almost eight years, full-time since 2013. (laughs) And did you help launch City Church? No. No. um, So I actually started coming. uh, The church was planted in in 2007, and I was, I'll admit, I was a total church hopper when I was a college student. Mm. So I think I went to a a different church every year. Um, But I finally locked in at City Church. Um, I started coming in 2009 um, when my, actually my cousin and one of my other roommates uh, were all about the same age, and they had been at City Church since the beginning, and so they invited me, and um, I really, you know, responded to uh, to Dean's preaching and just to the vision of the church and, and the way that it was growing. And so um, that was sort of what, what locked me in. So I've been there ever since. Leslie, one of the things that is always inspiring to me about Ashlyn, about the team at City Church, is the way that they attract young people and the way that they empower young women. And Ashlyn was really probably one of the first times that I was really encouraged just by visiting their church. And I thought when, when I saw Ashlyn do those announcements and I saw her leading uh, in the back of the house, I thought, wow, we should be doing more of that at family church. And that mm-hmm. was several years ago. And now we are. Yeah. And so Ashton, just your testimony and your leadership, and I've had multiple opportunities to be behind the scenes and in pretty intense meetings with the team at family church in different contexts. And I can just tell you that Ashlyn is a great leader, extremely thoughtful, um, extremely articulate and somebody that any church would be proud to have on the team. So Ashley, let me just ask you, how does City Church connect with young, gifted, talented women like yourself? Well, thank you. That was very kind and encouraging. Um, that's a good question. I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it still happens on like a personal and unstructured level, um, which I actually think is a good thing because it means that um, women are an integral part of the life of our church, and and that means also that both male and female leaders are looking for young women who can serve and who can build up the body. Um, as our church has grown and as our ministries have grown, we have started to implement some structures like our student leader pipeline uh, for college ministry. That's really been the brainchild of um, Hunter Levine and Jessica Coogan, who are our college ministry staff. Um, and so, you know, that's an example of a more uh, active way that we're finding 
and connecting young women. Uh, we're getting ready to hold a dinner uh, that Jessica, our, our assistant uh, college director, is putting together and hosting herself for young women who might have interest in going into ministry, just so they can ask questions and have an outlet uh, to learn about what that looks like. Um, and so there are some more intentional ways. Um, our serving teams actually really help identify strong leadership potential, especially I think when someone um, doesn't really self-select as maybe wanting to lead anything, uh, but you find that they naturally are just, you know, by being who they are and, and serving faithfully and, and being, um, you know, trustworthy, faithful church members. Um, but I do think that it primarily has to be relational because, you know, that's something that uh, often as church leaders, um, it's on us to maybe not tell someone that they have a gift to use, but help them see that they have gifts to use to serve the church or help guide and direct you know, some type of ambition or, or desire to lead or whatever. And so I definitely think that's something that um, that pastors and church leaders have to keep in mind. Yeah, I think too, Ashlyn, like Pastor Jimmy said, we have had these conversations more in recent years um, as we've begun to put women in more leadership roles at our church, which is a more of a legacy Baptist church, probably has a, a longer history of what women can and cannot do than perhaps you have there at City Church. So are you specific in what you, um, when you lead out with women in defining for them the roles that they can assume and the roles that they can't assume at this point? You know, that's that's a good question. I, I think the way that most women find themselves in leadership roles at City Church is not not in such a way where we kind of have to say, okay, let's lay it out for you, like what you can and can't do. Um, I think it usually starts more with, uh, one, identifying like holes or gaps in our ministry areas and then thinking about people, you know, godly, faithful, experienced people who mm -hmm. can step into those roles or saying this is a place where a young person who doesn't really have a lot of experience in, um, in church leadership or hasn't uh, really served in, in a leadership way before, you know, how can we get them into that? And so sometimes it is, you know, that we intentionally say, okay, we want a woman to serve in this role. Other times it just happens to be that the person that comes to mind is a female. And, um, but, but when that does happen, um, you know, assuming that it's an appropriate role for her to serve in, we definitely don't stop to say, okay, now are we good with the fact that, you know, this is, this is a woman because this is a, a director role or, or such and such. Um, it, it's not usually like the first, um, you know, point of, of contention or, or whatever. And, and really the opportunities for women to serve at City Church are incredibly broad. And so um, we, we really try to give them an opportunity to do that. Sounds a lot um, like you've reached the point of inclusion, which is something we've talked about at the podcast. When you when you start talking about diversity, are you are you inclusive? So it sounds to me like you have a lot of people that come to the table, and then you just look for the best person to fill that leadership role. But I'm assuming exactly. that women don't preach. No, they do not. So, um, I mean, really outside of the role of um, an elder or, a, you know, a senior pastor or a teaching pastor, um, the, those roles, you know, women do not fill. Um, but outside of that, the, the possibilities are, are pretty much endless. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love the can-do spirit that I always experience when I'm with your team, Ashlyn, and uh, just the energy that you guys have. And what I like about what you're saying is you're saying, hey, let's not focus on um, saying no 
let's focus on saying yes and finding places where we can say yes and help people move into leadership. And I love your approach to that. I think that's extremely helpful to me and to uh, probably the rest of our uh, listeners. Hey, Ashlyn, you get to go around, you travel around. I mean, I follow you on social media. You go all over the world and all over the country and you're speaking places and speaking into things. In the broader church context, what are some mistakes that you're observing that maybe churches are making when it comes to connecting with younger women? And what are some things you you feel like, wow, these churches, if they would just correct this one thing or this one attitude, man, maybe they could move forward. Uh, I'd just be interested in your perspective on that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I know that, like you said, I do get an opportunity to see how other churches work and other teams and stuff. And, and I know that there are a lot of churches out there that are faithfully connecting and discipling young women in very solid ways. So um, that being said, a couple of things come to my mind. One, um, for, for churches who, and I know that this is so easy to do. I mean, we have to fight this urge every day. But for churches that kind of default to um, programming as sort of like the sole answer for things, I think you have to remember that, um, it, at least in my opinion, it is not enough to hold a women's event, um, you know, once or twice a year and say that you are discipling your women well. Because really this is all about discipleship. Um, and so, you know, I think if, if we agree that the primary way that our church members are discipling is through the preaching of the word, um, specifically on, on Sundays, you know, we need to remember that that's a time that the whole body is gathered together. And so, you know, pastors and leaders have to be thinking about women in the Sunday morning gathering. Um, so as you're, you know, setting your discipleship strategy and, and raising up leaders, I think women absolutely have to be part of those conversations. And sometimes we tend to think, you know, okay, we'll think about the, a female experience or, or we'll think about how to, um, make sure that that we're you know factoring women into these conversations but we're not actually talking to them or, or we're not um, listening as clearly and open-mindedly as as we should um i think the other thing that it came to my mind is that we have to also remember that like leadership opportunities for i think specifically young women are in all other parts of their daily lives are not these like golden eggs you know if, if we're thinking about um like a 20 year old in a college context, you know, she can uh, serve on campus. She can serve in student government and service opportunities. Uh, women speak equally in the college classroom. And, and so as we're thinking about young women, like, yes, we absolutely have to be biblically faithful in our churches. Um, at the same time, I think we also need to remember that young women are, are already leading in many other areas. And so, you know, there's a good chance that young women in your church are learning leadership principles and getting connected uh, outside of the church, especially if you're actually reaching unchurched people. And so uh, if we don't care about that as church leaders, I think that, you know, we're, we're being negligent to our sisters um, in Christ. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention, I think specific, again, to reaching younger women, um, I think sometimes we feel like we have to make every gathering this, like, Pinterest experience. Yeah. Um, and the truth is that, you know, I think, like, women in general, I mean, I'll attest to this, we are marketed to every single day in every area of our lives. Like, if I want to buy bougie dish soap I can and so you know we're not trying to I'm sorry I, I, I totally didn't relate to that you wanted to buy what <laughs> 
like if I want to buy like this fancy, um, you know, fancy dish, dish like everything is like can be trendy and, right. um, you know, high end now down to the most basic things. And so, um, sorry, that's why like, I don't make jokes because I, they sometimes don't. No, it was a great them. joke. <laughs> oh, it would have landed if I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, I think, you know, we're not trying to like capture women with this sort of like branded designer experience like that's good for decorating but it's a poor way to to think about connecting women deeper into your churches and like again you know as you said we really value excellence and we want things to be well done so i'm not saying that we ignore details or that we ignore um you know well done environments but i think you have to be careful that you're not looking at women as like this one type of person you know, to reach because then you also end up with like a very homogenous culture. And, and that's something that we can really work on and, and that we're trying to work on. But yeah, I don't know if that made sense. No, I like that because actually- I relate to that, Ashlyn, because as a woman who doesn't do a lot of Pinteresting or crafting, um, I do think that there's like an authenticity where you're talking about connecting with different types of women. And there's a lot of pressure as a woman to be a certain kind of woman or to make things look a certain way all the time that, right. you know, we don't want to bring that into the church. It's nice, but it shouldn't be central to everything that we do as women because you are leaving out a good portion of women when you do that kind of thing. So I think you're just being intentional as you reach out to women and thinking about the diversity of women. We're not all the same. Right, exactly. Well, one of the things that, uh, Leslie, you and I have talked about quite a bit is that um, if you don't intentionally include women in your entire strategy, not through tokenism, or but if you don't include them, you're missing half of the body. Right. I mean, you're literally crippling your own church family by not empowering some of the <laughs> smartest and wisest and best leaders that God has put in your church right. because you exclude them because of some cultural preferences or some traditional things. And that's just, it's just not wise. So Ashlyn, how could pastors who are not connecting uh, with younger women maybe do a better job? Like, let's say if somebody says, hey, I'm listening to all of this. I like what Ashlyn is saying, but I'm at a zero on the scale of one to 10. How could I move from a zero to like a two, what are some things that they could do to just try? Well, first I would want to just encourage that person and say that I think takes a lot of, you know, humility and self-awareness to say, like, it's hard in church life to look at what we're not doing well and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to actually try to fix this. So I think the first step um, is just to know who the young women in your church are. Um, I mean, women in general, but, but if we're talking about, you know, connecting younger leaders too, just as a responsibility of shepherding your congregation, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I don't think that the majority of pastors spend their days like counseling and meeting with tons of young women. And that makes sense, but you know, you need to know who they are and at least have some representation as you were talking about of their voices and their struggles. And, you know, you can do that and you can get to know young women in your church in ways that are appropriate and edifying. Um, and so I think also just asking other women in your church, you know, whether that's your wife, if you're a pastor or um, a senior woman in your church or any woman at all, you know, just, what their thoughts are on what they see in like a rising generation of women and how to minister to them. Um, because then you're, you're using the gifts of those women and their insights and their thoughts and experience, um, in those discipleship conversations. Um, and then I would strongly encourage pastors also to, um, this is really important to me to read and incorporate resources that are written by women, um, into, you know, maybe some of your leadership programs or your discipleship curriculum. You know, I think it's nice to see churches that recommend resources to women. Um, but, and especially in a, a, 
day and age where we're like blasted with, I mean, there's so many resources. How do we know you have to really have a strong filter to know, you know, what, what is good to, to give to people. Um, but you know, I think if, if you're not really actually reading those things or engaging with women's works, then, um, you know, one, you're kind of neglecting information that a lot of your women in your church are probably consuming, um, mm-hmm. that, that may not be spiritually helpful to them, but also missing out just as you were saying on this incredible, um, amount of wisdom and, and knowledge and, um, you know, uh, uh, resources that, that women are providing to the body. So I think all of those things are great, easy steps to make. Ashlyn, this has been so helpful, and I'm so grateful that you've been willing to join Leslie and me on Church for the Rest of Us today. I love the energy. I love the excellence. And frankly, I have always been completely inspired by City Church, and your place on that team has literally been an example to me of things I want to do at Family Church. So I want to thank you personally from my heart, from my life, from our ministry here at Family Church. You have made a difference. I want to say thank you to the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary for sponsoring our Sharper Conference on March the 7th. We could not have done it without their support. Join us next week for another great interview. And we're not going to tell you who it is. You will have to join us just to find out. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.